I'm so thankful to have the McGuire family with us today. And they have, the entire family has been here at least once. Brother McGuire uh, and Austin have been here twice. And every time, or both times they've been here, we've had an encounter with Jesus. And uh, we are looking forward to God doing something great today. Uh, he's been in ministry for some 18 years. I know he looks young. He started preaching before he was 17, maybe 15. I think he said last night he's been preaching for 20 years. And we know God is going to use them greatly. And so as he gets ready to come, we're going to dismiss the kids right now to their respective classes. But as the kids leave and he, as he comes, would you just lift your voices right now to the Lord and would you give God thanks for his goodness? Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. We pray that your spirit, your presence, and power, Lord, would speak through us and to us today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you clap your hands and why don't we just praise him one more time here this morning? Man, it's good to be here with you all. And uh, my son is a big Chiefs fan. He's trying to get me into liking football. And man, you should have seen his eyes light up as on our way here, driving through the city and through the town and seeing all the Kansas City Chiefs stuff. He loved that. He just reached over to me and he said, when, when Pastor talked about praying for Mahomes, he said, Dad, we need to pray for Mahomes. And so he, he said a little prayer there. We'll see. We will see. But it's good to be with you all and uh, good to be with the Blackburns. We love them and appreciate them. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 11. Just a couple verses here, three verses. Hebrews 11, verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another version says it like this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the, the conviction of things not seen. Verse 2, For by it the people of old received their commendation. Verse 3, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that which is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And this morning, Pastor, as he taught in his lesson about the Word of God, he laid a wonderful foundation for what I'm going to preach to you this morning. And I've, I've chose to title this, Even Now Faith. Even Now Faith. And here in the beginning, I want to talk to you about, uh, I guess if there was a subtopic, a lifestyle of faith. Would you set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands and would you ask the Lord to speak to you through His Word here this morning. Lord, I thank you for your presence and for your power that we feel in this place this morning. And I thank you for your word that's anointed. I pray now as your word goes forth that our hearts and minds would be open, that you would speak into our lives and into our spirits today. Don't let us leave the same way that we came in, but let us be changed by your word today. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. You may be seated. We did not see light separated from darkness. We did not see experience dry land appear and water gather together forming the earth and the sea. We were not there when the trees and the plants and the seeds began to form. 
We did not see, get to sit back and watch God make the sun, moon, and stars to be formed and give light to what we call now day and night. We were not there when the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the beasts of the field were created. Mankind was not alive to see these incredible things take place. It was on the sixth day when God created man in his image and in his likeness. We were not there to experience these spectacular and magnificent events. Yet Hebrews tells us that by faith, faith in God and faith in his word, we understand that these things were created by God and by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him or please God. That's how important faith is here today. It says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is, that he's God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want you to grab a hold of this statement today. Faith should not be an event in our life. Faith should be a lifestyle. I'll say it again. Faith should not just be an event in our life, but faith must be a lifestyle that we possess. Romans 1 and 17, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The righteous shall live by faith. So you see, faith is not just a concept that you visit, but faith is a lifestyle that you possess. You know, uh, I shouldn't just have faith when I have a need, or when things are not going my way, or when I experience pain, or sickness, or frustration, or hurt, or financial difficulty. Yet, those things, they are very good times to have faith, right? Those times are are a great time. Believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And in other words, that he answers our prayers. You know, many people have faith uh, when they have a need, and that's the only time. They they, they go through this this roller coaster of life sometimes, and uh, sometimes it feels like, maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes it feels like we're just getting by right? There's so many things coming against us, our family, our finances, and, and all types of things that are happening in it. And it seems like, like when those things are happening, we have faith in God. But, but then it's other times where uh, maybe we're going through something small or we're just going to this day-to-day life. There, there, it doesn't seem like there's this strong faith in our hearts, but, but when we need something, we have faith. God, God can do it. But faith should not just be, you know, here or there. Faith has to be a lifestyle in your life. It must be something that you possess. Every day when I wake up and as I go throughout my day, no matter what comes my way, I believe that you are God. I believe that you are on the throne. I believe there's nothing that's too hard for you. His word says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So every day when I wake up, God, I believe that you are God. There's nothing that's too hard for you. You're going to be with me, and I'm going to get through this day with you. A lifestyle of faith looks like this. Though I may not see him, and though I cannot touch him physically, I believe that he is good. I believe that he is God. I believe that he is sovereign. 
I believe that he is in control. I believe that he is all-powerful. And listen to this. I believe that he has my best interests in mind. Now, sometimes when I'm going through the storm or the trial, hey, God, are you here? Can you see me? No, but when I wake up and I've got this lifestyle of faith, I believe that he is God. I believe that he is in control. And I believe that he's got my best interests in mind. I may not understand why I'm going through what I'm going through, but God, I'm standing here today because I believe that you have my best interest in mind. This lifestyle of faith says, I believe that he is faithful. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me, but he's going to be here with me. Listen to me, church. We've got to get that, we've, we've got to grab a hold of that. Because when Job was going through the biggest trial in his life, he said, God, I looked to the right and to the left. He said, I looked all around me and I feel like I cannot see you. I can't find you. I can't touch you. But then he went on to say, but I know that you know the way that I take. He was saying, God, I might not be able to physically feel you and touch you and see you, but I've got this confidence today that you know where I'm at, that you are faithful, and that you are with me. A lifestyle of faith says he's on the throne. A lifestyle of faith says he hears me. And a lifestyle of faith says I believe that he will answer me. So faith is not a concept that I look at when things are not going my way, but faith is a lifestyle of believing that God is God and that God is in control. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Don't think for a second that you will be able to face the twists and turns of life and the things that life presents without recharging your faith. The ups and downs of life are bound to wear on you. Amen? The disappointments and trials we feel sometimes feel like a gut punch to us sometimes. But as you begin to read the Word of God... There is something that is supernatural about the Word of God. This morning as pastor began to, to teach on the power of the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God, there was just a confirmation in my spirit that this is right today. Because as you daily read the Word of God, and you daily apply it to your life, there is a supernatural strength that happens in your life. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Yes, it comes by the preached Word of God, and it comes by you reading and God speaking His Word into your life. You see, the Bible is not just a book. It is alive. It is alive. So as you begin to read it and listen to it and meditate on, meditate on it, something powerful begins to take place. Your faith begins to grow. And all of a sudden, I've been in, it, I've been in a slump sometimes where I, I had faith in God, but have you ever been in that time where you have faith in God, but sometimes it, it, it feels like my, my faith is just a little bit low. 
as you begin to hear the Word of God, as you begin to meditate on the Word of God, as you come to church on Thursdays and on Sundays and you hear the Word of God taught and preached, there is something supernatural that transpires and all of a sudden your faith begins to grow and, and then you feel like you can climb any mountain and you can go through any valley because your faith is renewed in your God because there is power in the Word of God. So in order for us to live this lifestyle of faith, we must have the Word of God. We must have the Word of God. I want to look to the story of Lazarus in just a minute, and I'll use this story as a backdrop to point to some things that will strengthen your understanding about faith. I'll be reading in John chapter 11 in a few minutes, but before we get there, I want to point out that Jesus already this is the story of Lazarus and and Mary and Martha and Jesus already had a relationship with Mary Martha and Lazarus before this story begins there was a relationship that was built prior to the crisis and prior to the need you see there are a lot of people that choose to have a concept of faith when things are going sideways The only time that they call out to God is in crisis. The only time that they have prayer time is is when they are up against the wall and they need a miracle. They have not built the infrastructure of relationship under their faith. They are just using God because they are in trouble. You know, some people treat God like a genie. Rub the lamp and make a wish. God, I need this, this, and this. And when the reality is they've spent no time in the altar. He was talking about the altar here earlier. This is a time, this is a place for consecration. This altar is a place for commitment in your life. When the word of God is preached, this is a, this is a, a, a place where you come and say, God, I believe in your word. I have faith in your word. And I'm going to commit to what the preacher just preached about. So that some people, they, 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 they act as God is a genie in a lamp and they rub it and, and they've spent no time in the altar. They, they've spent no time in praise. They've spent no time in worship. They, they don't serve Him. They don't seek Him. And they don't, they don't have this, this lifestyle of faith. Here today, church, we've got to get out of the shallow, out of the shallow end of the pool where we only have faith and we only seek God when, when things aren't going our way or, or when we need something. We've got to get to a place in our Christian walk where every day we wake up and we spend time in the Word of God. Every day we get up and we talk to God. You know, talking to God, and you know this, talking to God isn't just for, for when we're at church. On, is it Thursdays and Sundays? That's not the only time we talk to God. We talk to God every day. Why? Because we're building relationship with Him. We're building this one-on-one communication and relationship with Him. And just like Jesus and or Lazarus and Mary and Martha in the story did, they had a relationship prior to the crisis. So when we go through a trial or we go through a crisis in our life, it's not like we're just running to Jesus for the first time ever. No, we've already got this relationship with him. We've already got this lifestyle and foundation of faith that we know that he can do it and that he will do it. Matthew 17, 
the people brought the disciples a boy that needed a miracle. The Bible says that these disciples could do nothing for him. And if you read this portion of Scripture, uh, Jesus gets upset with them, and he calls them faithless. 17 and 19, then came the disciples to Jesus' apart and said, why could we not cast him out? Why couldn't we, we help this boy out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. He was, he was saying, here, you just got to have a little bit of faith to be able to do this. He called them a faithless generation. But watch this, he ties it back to relationship, and he ties it back to this lifestyle of faith. In verse 21, Matthew 17, it says, and I don't know if I gave this to, to Brother Josh or not, says Matthew 17 and 21, How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. I didn't know you guys were doing fasting this week. Jesus was saying, you've got to have faith, and, and really it, it doesn't matter the, the amount of faith that you have. You've got to have faith. And then he says, you've got to have relationship with me. You've got to spend time talking to me through prayer. And then he talks about fasting, setting some things aside so that me and you can spend time together. This lifestyle of faith involves a relationship with God. On the bad days, yes. We've got to call out to them. We've got to spend time with them. And we're going to do that because when we're facing the trials in our life, we want to talk to God about it. But we've also got to do it on the good days when I don't need a miracle and when life is going good and when I feel the blessings of God are upon me, I must still have a lifestyle of faith where I am in relationship and communication with God. Amen? I'm not going to go through this whole story, but in John chapter 11, the Bible tells us that uh, Lazarus is sick, and so uh, his sisters send Jesus a, a message saying that, um, that he's sick. And the Bible tells us that he abode there two more days. He stayed where he was two more days. Uh, Martha and Mary wanted Jesus to come and heal Lazarus at that time while he was sick before he, before he died. Uh, but the Bible says that he stayed there for a couple more days. And you know, Jesus knew what was on the horizon for Lazarus. He knew the dire circumstance that was ahead. He knew exactly what was going on in that life. I don't read anywhere that, that they sent a messenger to Jesus to tell Jesus that Lazarus was dead. But Jesus already knew that Lazarus was dead. He told his disciples that Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sake that I wasn't there so that you might believe on me. He'd already seen ten steps ahead of them. The Bible says that his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. And when we think about this uh, situation, just like Martha and Mary, we're saying, Jesus, come and heal Lazarus. He's sick, but, but you can stop him from dying. But Jesus had a different purpose in mind because his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And so in John 11 and 15, he says, I'm glad I wasn't there for your sakes that, that you might believe. He already said the sickness was not going to lead to death, but it was going to be for the glory of God. He was telling his disciples, I'm getting ready to strengthen your faith. I'm getting ready to show you something 
that you've never seen before, and when you see it, you will believe. You know, that's like God and our circumstances. Sometimes we want him to show up when we want him to show up. Come on, God, if you'll step in right now at this time, everything's going to be okay. If if you'll speak the word right now in my life, uh, everything's going to be okay in my family. But many times, God doesn't do it when we want him to do it, does he? No, because he wants to get the glory. So, in John 11 and 20, Martha, as soon as she heard that it was Jesus, went and met him. The Bible says Mary sat still in the house, verse 21 of John 11. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother had not died. I've noticed something here that I've never noticed before. Martha's frustrated. I mean, I don't think that I would have been brave enough. She had this relationship with Jesus. She knew that he could perform the miracle. She knew that he could do the healing. But she went to Jesus and she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Said that to Jesus. You didn't show up when I sent for you. You delayed the answer. You stayed where you were. And she says this statement, it seems like a rebuke to Jesus, but, but actually I believe it has words of faith in it. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She believed, she believed that Jesus could heal him. She had faith that if Jesus would have showed up before the circumstance got too bad, that Jesus could have done something about it and healed him. But what she didn't understand is there was something more going on than what she could see. When that servant came to Jesus, he could have spoke the word and healed Lazarus. Do you believe that? He could have just spoke the word and Lazarus, he never even had to go to him. He could have just spoke the word and and Lazarus would have been healed. He could have sent his word. But if he would have sent his word and healed him, would he have got the glory? Would he have got the glory? Even his disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, let him sleep and let him get the rest. That's what he needs if he's sick. They could have just attributed it to, well, Lazarus got the rest that he needed and now he's better if Jesus would have just sent the word. Their circumstance happened in their life so that God's glory and God's power could be revealed in it, and so many might believe. Would you think about that in your situation? Maybe God hasn't stepped in yet, or just when you want Him to, because He wants to get the glory, and He wants others to see your circumstance and believe on Him. Martha, possibly taken back by her rudeness to Jesus, if she was rude, I don't know. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Maybe it was a revelation that came to her and said, she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Verse 22, she said, but I know that even now, even now, whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. She was saying, I know that it's it's past the time. Uh, of of bringing him and healing him. But even now, if you will speak it, if you will do it, if you will say it, if you will come, I know that God will do it for you. When the problem has gone to bad to worse, somehow we've got to get a hold of this even now faith. 
when, you, when he didn't show up when you thought he should, we've got to get this, God, even now you're able. He's dead and he's stinking and he's in the grave. If there's finality to the situation. But she said, even now you are able. So many times you and I get to the place that Martha was, Lord, if you would have showed up to the situation before it got out of control, before it went from bad to worse, before it went from sickness to death, if you would have showed up when I said to show up, we wouldn't be in this circumstance. But he's wanting the glory. And there's something to be said about this even now faith. Even now faith says, although he looks too far gone, even now you're able to do it. Although it looks like there's no turning back, even now you're able. Listen to me, I want to speak into your life. Although the situation in my life looks dead and there's no more life in it, even now, God, you're able. Although my daughter looks too far gone and too far away from you, God, even now you're able. Although my grandkids, it doesn't seem like they're ever going to come to you and they've walked too far down the road, even now, God, you are able. Even now, faith says, even now you can deliver my son from addictions. Even now, faith says, even now you can save my daughter. Even now you can restore that marriage. Even now you can speak peace into the storm. Even now you can give hope. Here we go. Even now you can heal cancer. Even now you can turn my city back to you. You see, when your situation, stand with me, when your situation looks like it's too far gone, and there's no turning back, and it looks like there is no more hope, you are in the perfect position for the miraculous to happen in your life. Because even now faith says, God, you can. I know the problem went from bad to worse, but even now, God, you are able to turn it around. With this even now faith, and I want you to grab a hold of this this morning as I close. With this even now faith, she releases the problem into the hands of Jesus. I've done all I know to do. She could have even said, I prayed, but you haven't fixed it. I sent my servant, and you didn't heal him. He's dead and he's in a tomb. So here he is, Jesus. I'll release it to you. You see, release is so important in our life. As long as you are holding on to the problem, God's not going to touch it. As long as you try to stay in control, as, as long as you try to call the shots, as, as long as you think that you are in charge, God isn't going to touch it. He's looking for you to release that situation in your life to Him. God, it's too far gone now. I don't know what else to do. I can't do anything else. I've tried. I've done everything that I know to do. So now, God, I'm, I'm going to release this problem and this situation into your hands, and I'm going to let you take care of it. And even now, faith says, and God, even now, I know that you're able to do it. According to your will, I know that you are able to do it. So I'm going to ask you to pray two prayers this morning. One prayer is going to be, God, help me to develop this lifestyle of faith. 
where every day I'm talking to you. Every day I'm reading your word. And as you begin to talk to him every day and as you begin to read his word every day, there is going to be faith that builds in your life that you have never experienced before. We're going to pray that prayer now. Would you lift your hands and would you lift your voices and can we ask him to do that? Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, God, that you have given us the ability to have relationship with you and communication with you. I thank you, God, that you have given us your word that speaks into our life because it is alive and it's speaks directly into our situations. God, I pray now that you would help us. Help us, God. We're committing today. We're making a commitment today, God, to spend time in your word every day, to spend time talking to you, to spend time developing this relationship with you so that we might have this lifestyle of faith. Amen. Amen.